0: Okay, welcome everybody to another episode of Why Did I Like It? I am, of course, the nefarious Mike A. Sims. And as I'm recording this, it is November 17th, 2022. Which means that right around the corner is Thanksgiving. And I don't mean, like, if you drive around the corner, Thanksgiving will be there. I mean, literally, no. That would have been literal the first part. Point is, it's Thanksgiving soon. And I was trying to think of exactly how I could go about Tying in why did I like it, the series where I look back at things from my childhood and try to figure out why I actually enjoyed them, I would tie that into a holiday. I don't remember back in the day, but sitcoms used to do tie-ins to the seasons, usually Halloween and Christmas. And they would typically have uh, the characters partaking in some kind of holiday festivities. But the the plot would usually require, if it was Halloween, something spooky to happen, like a ghost a haunting possession whatever. And then Christmas, something magical to happen. They would never really pay attention to Thanksgiving. I feel like later on, they would eventually just kind of like have characters arguing around a table or like a food fight or something. I think, and you know, what? I could be making this up because it it sounds this might be a Mandela effect happening where I'm just imagining something that could take place or should have taken place and just didn't. But anyway, this podcast adheres strictly to 90s sitcoms rules. And therefore, since a holiday is coming up, we must follow it we also only adhere to them when they are are beneficial to us. By us, I mean me. So a couple months ago, a couple months ago, a couple episodes ago in the archives, I detailed Lex Luger fighting for America's freedom by body slamming Yokozuna on the deck of a battleship. It's called Yokozuna's Body Slam Challenge. And the only reason why we're not living under the tyrannical rule of a Samoan pretending to be a Japanese person led by a Southern man with a racket and another Japanese person to the ring is because Lex Luger had the backbone and the America to body slam Yokozuna. Wrestling is weird. So we go back to Lex Luger and his run of Defending Our Shores. And we take a look at his participation in the Survivor Series. Now, Mike, what is the Survivor Series? Well, guess what, baby birds? Big Eagle Mike is about to show you guys what's up. You see, the Survivor Series was a pay-per-view event which the WWF at the time, now the WWE, put on simply to counteract their rival, WCW, World Championship Wrestling, having a flagship show called Starcade. Now, Starcade and Southern Wrestling in general has a very big presence during the holidays. I mean, people in the South would go to wrestling shows on Thanksgiving and on Christmas. That's not very common up here in the North or even really in the West Coast where holidays were spent with family primarily. But in the South, it was like, you hung out with your family in the morning and then you'd go to a wrestling show. Because of that, WCW decided, why not take the fact that everybody's going to go see wrestling on a, on a Thanksgiving anyway, put together a super card and call it Starcade. Now, there are some you know different things in here that, uh, something through the cracks. It might have also, it might not have been Starcade. It might have been Clash of the Champions. But either way, WCW was putting on an event that was going to be big and they were going to put it on pay per view. Now, WWF had just started putting pay per views out. Royal Rumble, WrestleMania were like the really big two. And WWF decided since they had nothing on the calendar for Thanksgiving and WCW would have carte blanche basically to put on this show, they would create something. Thus, Survivor Series was born. The initial concept of Survivor Series, and until recently it maintained this premise, was that you would have teams of five going against each other in elimination-style tag matches. Now, a tag match is where there's one person from each side in the ring, and their teammates are on the outside of the ring, four of them all standing on the apron on each side. So it's 10 people all together, at five on five. And these these usually good guys and bad guys. The one good guy and one bad guy was starting the ring. They'd wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. And then if the good guy would manage to pin the bad guy or vice versa, that person who was pinned, one, two, three, on the mat, lost the match, they would have to leave and their team would only have four people left. Hence, survivor series. You were surviving the match. Now, they would play with the format a couple of times, but it was usually five on five. And, you know, it would keep going that way until all of the members of a respective team would be eliminated. So you'd end up with, you know, three good guys surviving as all the bad guys were wiped out or five good guys surviving while all the bad guys were wiped out or you'd have two bad guys surviving while all the good guys were wiped out and like i personally love survivor series because it would it would give a lot more wrestlers a chance to get on to a show so you'd have unexpected wrestlers that were normally just they were they were great they were whatever or they weren't really super important at the time they would suddenly like just be thrust into these storylines so i personally loved it what I'm not sure if I loved was in 1993 and like around this era, my father, my grandfather had passed away and he was the reason why I'm hugely into wrestling in the first place. And after he passed, my father and I, or my father actually decided to start purchasing some pay-per-views after he passed. My father was never the biggest wrestling fan, but he loved to watch it. Loves, loved to watch. He's still alive, but he loved to watch it because he was close to my grandfather. point is, the Survivor Series was one of the first pay per views that we had ordered after my grandfather passed, and the build up to it, I vaguely remember. I just remember Lex Luger was putting together a team to go up against. I want to say the Foreign Fanatics. Now, it's not lost to me the fact that Lex Luger was trying to put together a team of Americans to combat <laughs> to combat what is essentially like foreign menaces. On a day where pilgrims came from another country and slowly started to take America from the natives of this land, I mean, it's not—it's crazy to think that. Also, Survivor Series was so ingrained in the Thanksgiving tradition that for the longest time, this is jumping and pivoting real quick. For the longest time, there was a ring during matches on regular wrestling television. There was a there was, next to the ring was a giant egg, and the egg sat there for a very, very long time and. You know, people would guess, oh, what what is it the egg? What's going on with this egg? Why is there this giant egg next to a ringside or whatever? And then finally, and I can't remember the day offhand, so I'm gonna have to actually cheat this a little bit. But listen, like we said in the show, sometimes I do research, sometimes I don't, sometimes I'm brilliant, sometimes I'm not, but I'm always trying to understand. And then after weeks and weeks of speculation, the egg would eventually hatch and it would reveal this giant turkey, actually. It was it was it was a giant turkey, like a giant A man in a giant turkey suit, I should really say, nicknamed the gobbledygooker, or actually named the gobbledygooker. The gobbledygooker came out of the egg and was like, and it just ran around being a turkey. It was a terrible, terrible, like, gimmick. And it it was made to be the mascot for the WWF. It was a giant turkey that came out of an egg at the 1990 Survivor Series. It did not last long at all. Mean Gene Okerlund, who was an announcer, who was like an interviewer or like a sportscaster for WWF, will try to interview this giant turkey, which just went and just ran around and started to doce do, which is where you grab somebody's arm and swing it back and forth. And yes, it's a dance. I'm not going to explain what the doce do is. Just look it up. Anyway, doce do with Mean Gene Okerlund, subsequently <laughs> causing Mean Gene Okerlund to fall and injure himself. It was terrible. It was terrible. So that was the 1990 Survivor Series, and they were very much about their Thanksgiving. So, this build to, I want to say it was the 1993, yeah, the 1993 Survivor Series, and Lex Luger's team was based around, it had nothing to do with the gobbledygooker. That was just showing you how Thanksgiving this thing used to be. It was built around Lex Luger needing to, okay, it's coming back to me now. It was Lex Luger, the Steiner brothers, who were like Michigan State amateur wrestling, like mega stars, and are also like actual like wrestling like like just beasts And Tatanka. Who was Native American is Native American? So again, just I don't know. This I mean if you look into wrestling for your historical accuracy anyway, you've already lost whatever battle you were trying to partake in. But the fact that a Native American was a willing participant on a team called the All Americans and they're going up against the rival team. I don't remember the rival team's name and I, no one even stopped to think, like, maybe the Native American should be the leader of the team. So there's a little bit of, you know, I guess, empathy towards the plight of the fact that they lost all their land and were, you know, oppressed. But this is wrestling. And we're not going to do that. No, no. We're going to have a blonde hair, blue eye, baby face saying that he's going to defend America against whatever's happening. Anyway, something happened with Tatanka. I have no idea what happens longer. He just ended up not wrestling. So Lex Luger had to go and get a new member for the team. Now, I know you're like, but Mike, didn't you say it was five on five? I guess this one was four on four. Again, guys, it's called Why Did I Like It? For a reason. I have no clue what happened to this whole situation. You know what? That's... Ah, might as well do a rant time now. Real quick, Brian put a bell in here. So the crazy thing, going back real quick about the gobbledygooker, is the fact that with gimmicks, the whole point of a gimmick in general is that it's something that is used in order to easily sell a moment. Because gimmicks don't last long. Quite like the episode where we talk about fads, gimmicks, they're never really something that has the sustainability over time. Unless you, you know, find that one gimmick that's going to work and kind of evolve over time. It's it's normally It normally runs its course very quickly. And wrestling, for the most part, takes place over, like, like every week over the course of a year. So it's 52 weeks a year. So gimmicks tend to burn out Faster. Personally, I feel like gimmicks in general just don't tend to really be anything engaging or enthralling after like the first twenty four hours. Especially in this culture where we're inundated with constant, you know, social media posted now reels are literally just playing on loops. When you log on to Instagram, YouTube, whether they call them shorts, whatever it is, the reels, the the shorts, whatever they play over and over again. So you're just seeing gimmicks of things. And myself, I find content creators you know, different things, songs, whatever, that I'm interested in. But I see it so often on a loop so quickly that I burn out from it almost immediately. There's people that I follow where I'm like, man, this is the person. This person is hilarious. This person is entertaining. This person is informative. Two more weeks into it, it's like, oh my gosh, I've seen so much of this person. I'm done with this gimmick. And don't confuse that with like being a fan of of someone's actual persona. I'm talking about things that are gimmicks. Like for example, John Cena, when he first started being a wrestler, yeah, he used to rap. But even before that, he used to cut these promos where he would say the promo forward, then he would make a rewind noise and then go back and say the promo again. And it's very cool at first, but very quickly over to, over like two weeks of him doing this, this is why they dropped it. It was like, okay, what what are we even doing? Why is he rewinding himself? What who Who needs this? Who is this for? I demand, put some serious music here. I just heard John Cena do a promo forward. Then he did it backwards. Who was that for? Who was it for? And where is he? Rant over. Anyway, so Lex Luger is trying to defend America because you know what? I think in this show we're just gonna accept the fact that Lex Luger is the defender of America. We're just gonna we're gonna move accordingly. Man, if I had no when when I get a a long term show when we get a long term show. We're going to find a way to have Lex Luger on the show or doing the intro or something. I feel like I could get Lex Luger to do something. If I maybe there's a cameo out there where I can pay Lex Luger and Brian, when you and I could use Lex Luger as the intro voice. We'll get rid of that song. and We'll just have Lex Luger. Say, <laughs> and now he'll just yell at us. And now why did I like it? By the way, Lex Luger now is a fantastic man. He's a very you know very lovely man. So I feel like he would do it. But I wouldn't. You know what? It's Lex Luger. I just I would. I, I need to do whatever it takes to get Lex Luger. A part of why did I like it? Again, no. As I just make fun of gimmicks, that would probably run its course almost immediately. Um, but anyway, time has been far spent. I want to get into this. Now, what I'm about to watch is the build to the match. The build to the match is exactly what it sounds like. It's building up to it using, you know, discuss- normally a build in wrestling angles or in anything really is something that's using materials, pieces, parts, whatever, to construct something. Why am I explaining how, i explaining what building is. To build, you ever see a house? Imagine stuff next to it that isn't a house. And then it becomes that. That's what wrestling is. Now, um, but, so the build in wrestling is that, you know, you have these characters discuss things and talk to each other and have, you know, slight dust-ups and fisticuffs for a little bit. And then eventually they get to the main match. So the wrestling build is almost, as important, if not more important than the match sometimes, because if the build is trash, people aren't going to want to watch a match. It's just, and then sometimes the build is so good that by the time the match comes, if it's a letdown, you kind of forget about the match, but you'll remember the build. Like there was a match where Ricochet, this wrestler, was a very thin wrestler, very athletic, you know, very busky, very, very cut, but not the most brolic wrestler. It's going against Brock Lesnar, who was basically like a sentient mountain. And so the build to Brock Lesnar and Ricochet was actually very interesting, but then the match came and Brock Lesnar just murked Ricochet in like three seconds and you were like, oh. You're almost like, I, you didn't know how to feel. It was like, it, it was so quick and so sudden that you were just left with the with the memory of what could have been. Actually, you know what? The build to like the whole DC extended universe, like Man of Steel came out, then Superman V, Batman, Dawn of Justice. <laughs> that title is so silly. <laughs> like, Superman V Batman. <laughs> like somebody in Hollywood saw v. like the Brown v the Board of Education or whatever and was like, you know what? The next Batman and Superman movie that we have, or the first one we ever have, let's put that that legal system, you know, titling on it. Let's let's do that. Let's make let's make it a real, real legal. Let's make it a real legal piece of work. I would have loved for the whole movie to just be Batman and Superman in court just arguing over things. <laughs> Like, I know that this man is supposed to be the man of steel, but how does he get the metal detectors? And the Superman is just like, I understand that this man thinks jumping off of tall buildings and using a grappling hook is the safest way to travel, but who's cleaning up the grappling hook residue? I can't do Superman impersonation because I don't know what he sounds like. Um, these are both also fictional characters. So you know what? That's what they sound like. Anyway, I've gone way off topic now. I have no idea what I was like. <laughs> I have no clue. This is real time, guys. I have zero clue what I was just talking about. Yeah, so was it Lex Luger? Whatever. You know what? Let's just put on the, let's put on the episode. Oh, the build, the build. So this is the build where Lex Luger and the Steiner Brothers are going to try and find out a fifth member. I'm going to have the the this playing in my ear because I am deathly afraid of getting, I, oh my goodness. I got flagged for a copyright again the other day for something that I actually, I bought. I bought and licensed a song to use in a clip on YouTube. And they're like, mm, that's a copyright claim. And I was like, but the dudes that I could use it, like I, I I paid for it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We hear you. And we know you paid for it. But but check it, check it, check it, check it, check it. Hey, hey, hey listen, we don't care. I was like, oh man, YouTube, you cold, baby. You cold. This, this is me talking to John Q YouTube, <laughs> John Q YouTube, sorry, sir. Uh, okay, so let's get down to this. Uh, spoiler alert on the video title. It just says Undertaker joins all America's 1993 Survivor Series. Come on, guy. So, again, I don't know if you guys remember, but and I'm, this is supposed to be a watch-along, but my uh, my overlord, uh, Brian, takes pleasure in chopping up anything that I try to deem a, a watch-along. For example, I'll say, oh, guys, press play here, and then you'll see this, and that'll mean that we're watching at the same time. Then it'll jump to, like, you know, minute... 485 in the video that I'm watching because Brian cut out me uh, thanking my son for being born or saying that I, I, you know, I love someone or something, something that he doesn't care about. And uh, it'll subsequently just be all over the place. So I'll just do what I usually do. And that's talk about what's happening. Wait a minute. Lex Luger coming out with a red, white, and blue jacket, red, white, and blue shorts and red, white, and blue knee pads. While the Steiner brothers come out in like day glow, Lisa Frank, Neon, Saved by the Bell, openings, screen, title screen type, wrestling singlets, and yellow boots, bright yellow boots. Yellow is my favorite color, and I don't really even own that much yellow clothing-wise. I think I own like two yellow shirts because it's such a loud color. Yellow is like, if you have yellow on, I can't hear anything you're saying. I'm like, why are you yelling at me? So Howard Finkel, who's the ring announcer, is talking to Lex. And Lex Luger, the first thing he says is that while Tatanka won't be there. Physically, he'll be there in spirit. Lex, Tatanka is not dead. Lex Luger also is leader of the team. And he usually screams everything. Everything under the sun. Lex Luger is, is a bowl of microphones and adrenaline and whatever drug paraphernalia was popular in the 80s. But right now, he's very subdued. I guess he's selling the somber tone that Tatanka has been killed or Tatanka has been murked. Brian, you know what to do. Okay, so... It's even weirder because Lex Luger is like this, you know, very muscular built dude. He used to be in bodybuilding competitions. Uh, Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner are also very muscular, very big, like diesel dudes. And they are dressed in wrestling attire. And they have their Michigan State Letterman's jackets on. So they look like, you know, football or high school jocks or like wrestling jocks. And then they call out for the new partner, The Undertaker, who was wearing a long black trench coat, a gray tie, a black cowboy hat. And he... Puts pale makeup on his face, so he's he's basically been dead for like, his, which is difficult. I mean, I've never tried to wrestle while dead, so I'm not going to dead shame the Undertaker. But I feel like if I had passed away and I was forced to wrestle, you know, weekly for whatever reason, I mean, I was also seconded to the ring by Paul Bearer. Get it, Paul Bearer? He's a mortician for the Undertaker. Paul Bearer, do you get it? Do you get it? And I don't yell at you because I'm mad at you. I'm yelling at you because I need you to get that Paul Bearer was the Undertaker's manager who was also a mortician in real life. His name was like William Moody or something. And he was actually a mortician. The Undertaker character would just ramble things and just try to insert rest in peace and darkness and shadows and creatures of the night. Like talking to him was like a newscaster or, or like somebody who would just have to hit bullet points and just have like sound bites. So he would just rah, 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 rest in peace, rah, 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 creatures of the night, rah, 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 gravestone. Rah. The rest of it was all nonsense in between. He seldom like said the opponent's name. He's literally just rambling right now about whatever he's rambling about. I have no. There's also a sign in the crowd: "Rest in peace, Undertaker." Survivor Series. There was no Undertaker fans. Okay, the other team's name was the Foreign Fanatics. The All Americans versus the Foreign Fanatics. So. Undertaker is just describing how he has devotion to things. It really doesn't mean anything. Undertaker actually debuted at Survivor Series 1990, three years earlier. And the wrestler, Mark Calloway, who plays the Undertaker, was worried that the giant egg that had the gobbledygooker come out, like Hatch, he was afraid that that would be his character, that he would end up being the gobbledygooker. Instead, he, he died and became the Undertaker. Gobbledygooker was actually played by Hector Guerrero. Undertaker just opened up his jacket and has that 13 colonies, circular American flag under it, sewn into the seam. Like I told you, he has a black trench coat on and He started rambling about devotion and whatever he was saying. And at the end of this this winded speech that didn't really make any sense, opened up his jacket to many cheers and had that flag underneath it. Anyway, like I was saying, Gobbled was played by uh, Hector... Carrera, who's from a wrestling family that was like royalty. And of course, so WWF made him into a joke. How come the Foreign Fanatics, which is the Quebecers, who are two people dressed like Mounties, which is a Canadian police force? And who else? Oh, Yokozuna, of course. Of course. Port, yo. Okay, I got to pause this. And Ludwig, Vor- Ludwig Borger, whatever his name is. Hold on. So the Foreign Fanatics consist of the Quebecers. The Quebecers were two French Canadian wrestlers who were dressed as Mounties. Mounties are like the state troopers of Canada. They, like, wear red shirts and have, you know, black pants and stripes, and they're very serious. And they, one of them was this a character actually called the Mountie. Actually, I know that. It was called the Mountie. And he used to have this, like, cattle prod shocking stick he would, like, taser people with. It was very weird. And then I guess Canada said something like, hey, they ain't no Mounties. And uh, America was like, what do you mean? Yes, they are. Canada was like, what are you talking to, Boots? They're not Mounties. And so, like, they had to. I mean, I'm sure it was probably Dave Coulier, who's also Canadian, that's from the archives, was probably like, G-g-g-g-g-g-g-g. They're not Mounties, whatever. Point is, they had to end up being the Quebecers. Um, they also have a manager named Johnny Polo, who's supposed to be like a rich kid who just spends his money trying to, uh, I guess, buy wrestling contracts. I don't know. Johnny Polo is a very weird character. He would eventually become known as Raven and be like a grunge wrestler in the 90s, but before that, he was Johnny Polo. Also, out here is the Southern guy from, that I talked about from earlier, Yokozuna's manager named Jim Cornette, who was supposed to be like a rich mama's boy from the South. And so he always carried a tennis racket around because whatever. Also out here is Mr. Fuji, who's Yokozuna's manager. Also out here is Ludwig Borga, who I think was like from Finland. And he was like, he was undefeated for like whatever. No, he defeated Tatanka after Tatanka was undefeated for a year. He's like, I guess he's the leader of the team because he's from Finland. And he's like, just mean. He's like, oh, Ludwig Borga. And last but not least is Yokozuna, who just, if you listened to the other podcast, when Yokozuna was in, was, you know, the head of the body slam challenge. A lot of times before people would try to body slam him, they would just start punching him in the face. Poor Yokozuna's just standing there, like, trying to, like, you know, feed his family by being a wrestler and being champion. And everyone's just just furious that this man is trying to make a life for himself. Like, how dare he come to America and try to better himself? That is that is ba- he's basically, like, attacking us personally. Like, he was like, I'm going to make my family's life better. And Lex <laughs> Luker was like, not if I can help it. Not on my watch and not up in here. So they come out to the ring side area and they're standing there. An American flag is down in the audience. Lex Luger going crazy trying to like rile up America. Mr. Fuji waving the Japanese flag. Yokozuna is just that. Yokozuna is hellat. I, You know what? I didn't appreciate this Yokozuna Lex Luger feud, but I am now because Yokozuna, oh, Yokozuna just had the best face. Yokozuna has that face on that is the equivalent of this right here. I'm going to make the noise. That is the face Yokozuna has on. He's just so much. He's he's, he's so the cat. He looks like he's like, why again? He looks like he's just like, I'm. What do you want now, Lex Luger? I would love it. Like, I'm, I'm basically reframing this whole thing as Lex Luger. <laughs> Lex Luger taking it upon himself to always defend America, but nobody's telling him to do this. He just keeps doing it. We're like, okay, Lex. I I think we're fine. Like no one has the heart to tell him that. America is not in any immediate danger right now. Like in '93, I don't know, maybe the Gulf War was going on and everything like that, but like I'm pretty sure America was was pretty safe at the time. There was there wasn't a lot that was really threatening us. You know, this wasn't like a post 9/11 America where it's like, oh no, you know, you know, be careful, be diligent. This was like people in day glow colors hanging out outside and listening to Ace of Base. We were pretty much having fun still. But Lex Luger was like, no, we got to defend America, and Yokozuna was just like, yo, I'm just I'm just here to wrestle. <laughs> And Lex Luger is determined because Yokozuna's is not even the leader of the team. You guys have to, Brian, mean, we have to put the uh, link to this and whatever it is we release. Lex Luger is, you I mean, Ludwig Borga and the Quebecers are yelling at the Americans. Yokozuna is just chilling, and Lex Luger makes a beeline to Yokozuna to yell at him, who isn't even doing anything. It's just, it's, um, it's amazing how mad Lex Luger gets at the existence of Yokozuna. It's, it's, it's hilarious to me. Lex is frothing at the mouth, screaming as, and Yokozun is mad cool about it. Yokozun is just chilling. Lex is holding the ropes up, but get in here, get in, get in here. Yokozuna's like, no, I'm not I'm not getting in the ring. And that is the end of that. I got to say, I'm getting this weird kind of um, love for Lex Luger. Now, this is also going to be a two-part episode. Part one is going to be released on Friday, of course. Part two will be released next Friday, where I actually watch the match that this build is leading up to. I'm not going to watch the entire pay-per-view because I'm not going to sit here and watch an entire 1993 WWF pay-per-view. Are you insane? No, I have things to do. So why did I like this build? Because the unexpected reveal of America being hidden beneath Undertaker's jacket is just fantastic. I mean, he's he's rambling incoherently about whatever it is Undertaker talks about. Like I said earlier, creatures of the night, blah, blah, blah. And Lex Luger, Scott Seider, Rick Steiner, they genuinely look perplexed. Like, what is he talking about? And then at the end of it, Undertaker just is like, uh, that's that's the noise of a man slowly lifting up his, his trench coat and opening it out to show you an American flag. Somebody had to stitch that on the inside of his jacket, which is crazy. Because the, it's the—it's I think it's called Old Glory. I think the flag is just called Old Glory. Whatever, it's the 13 colonies one. And it's just inside of his jacket. And... Someone had to actually stitch that in there and put in that hard work for that. So you know what? Why did I like this? Because it's amazing to see this all coming together. Does it hold up? No. Nothing with Lex Luger will ever hold up. What's the other question? Do I still like it? Oh, yeah. This is fantastic. That was like a five-minute segment, and I've gotten so much out of this. I can still keep going about everything else surrounding that segment, how the Steiner brothers didn't utter one word and also look like they were like of the friends invited to the party, but didn't know where to put their jackets, so they just kept them on awkwardly. You know, those friends were like, "If you get somebody, like, oh yeah, just come with me. It's my, you know, my boy's party. Let's go, let's go." And you guys go, and like you get there, and like you're like, "Hey, what's up? Yeah, this is my boy Rick. This is my boy Scott." And they just kind of wave from over your shoulder. They don't take their jackets off. They just look around mad awkwardly, which makes them look suspicious. So if anything goes missing from the party or anything breaks, they're gonna they're gonna blame your friends that you bought. That's sign the sign of brothers in this situation. Undertaker, amazing. And Lex Luger, being Lex Luger, yelling at anybody who's not America, so it holds up. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to put a button on this episode. And of course, you know the usual. Like, share, subscribe, listen to all the older episodes in the archives of Why Did I Like It. Look forward to part two where we actually watch the Survivor Series match of the All-Americans versus the Foreign Fanatics and see if we can save Thanksgiving or America or whatever Lex Luger's trying to do and his mission to be whatever he's trying to be. Follow us on social media at People's Media Network on Instagram, check out a bunch of other shows we have going there. Follow me at Mike a. Sims on Instagram and TikTok, and of course, go to the YouTube Mike A. Sims X Mike versus. That's M-I-C-V-E-R-S-Y-S. I have been the nefarious Mike A. Sims. You have been amazing. I will see you guys on the flip side of humanity.